On this week's episode, we continue our journey through Grimm's Fairy Tales with the tenth story of the collection, Riff Raff. My name is Zach Stewart, and these are the Shadow Bear Story Sessions. Welcome to the Shadow Bear Story Sessions, the podcast where we go through the original versions of folk tales and fairy tales that laid the foundation for all of the movies and television and stories that we know and love today. All so that we can better appreciate just how batshit crazy all of these original stories are. So we are working our way through Grimm's Fairy Tales, and today's episode is a story titled Riff Raff. Let's get to it. Grimm's Fairy Tales Story Number 10 Riff Raff The rooster said to the hen, The nuts are ripe. Let's go up the hill and for once eat our fill of nuts before the squirrel hauls them away. Nothing like starting a story with the phrase, The nuts are ripe. Yes, responded the hen, let's go and have a good time together. So they went up the hill and since it was such a bright day, They stayed till evening. Now, I don't know whether it was because they had stuffed themselves too much or whether they had become too high and mighty, but they didn't want to return home on foot. So the rooster had to build a small carriage made out of nutshells. When it was finished, the hen got in and said to the rooster, Now you can just harness yourself to it. I feel like building an entire carriage out of nutshells is more difficult than just walking home. But hey, we've got a very industrious rooster here. We continue. So the hen gets in and said to the rooster, Now you can just harness yourself to it. No, said the rooster, you have some nerve. I'd rather go home by foot than let myself be harnessed to this carriage. No, that wasn't part of our bargain. I'd gladly be coachman and sit on the box, but I refuse to pull the carriage. The rooster is taking a hard stand early on. I will build an entire carriage, but I'm not going to pull that shit. Nothing you can say is going to make me. As they were quarreling, a duck came by quacking and pouted. You thieves! Who said you could come up on my nut hill? Just you wait. You'll pay for this. Don't be coming up on duck's nut hill. That is a recipe for disaster. You stick to your own nut hills. She charged at the rooster with a wide-open beak. But the rooster was on his toes and threw himself at the duck's body nice and hard. Then he dug his spurs into her so violently that the duck begged for mercy and willingly let herself be harnessed to the carriage as punishment. Man, okay, so he had a brawl, and now the duck is backing down and agreeing to be the horse for this carriage. Of nutshells. Of its own nuts nutshells. That is humiliating. We continue. Now the rooster sat down on the box as coachman, and off they went in a gallop. Duck, run as fast as you can, cried the rooster. After they had gone some distance, they encountered two travelers on foot, a needle and a pin, who called and asked them to stop. So now we have sentient tailoring supplies. They said it would soon be very dark, and they wouldn't be able to go one step further. Why can't needles and pins walk in the dark? We continue. Besides, the road was dirty. 
So they asked if they could have a ride. They're complaining about the dirty road? Well, yeah, I guess obviously it's better to ride in a nut carriage. Still, the logic for this needle and pin to get a ride is flimsy at best. Moving on. They had been at the tailor's tavern outside the town gate, and had had one beer too many, which made them late as well. So this is a hard partying needle and pin off of work from the tailor, hitting up the tavern, having one beer too many, and so now they're late. I don't know what they're late for, but they're stumbling drunk down the street trying to hitch a ride on some nut carriages. Classic tale. We continue. Since they were thin and didn't take up much room, the rooster let them both get in. But they had to promise not to step on his or the hen's feet. Pretty reasonable request. You don't want the pin or the needle poking you. Especially if they're drunk, they're probably falling all over the place. Dangerous. Dangerous hitchhiker guests. Later that evening, they came to an inn, and since they didn't want to travel any farther, and since the duck was not walking well but swayed from side to side, they decided to stop there. I didn't realize it was such a voyage. The beginning of the story made it seem like they just sort of trotted up the hill. The way back seems like this long extended journey. There's there's an inn that they have to stop at. Except now they've got a drunk pin and needle as well as a thoroughly exhausted duck who essentially was forced into this manual labor under threat of violence. Jeez. Okay. At first, the innkeeper raised a lot of objections and said his inn was already full. Understandable. I wouldn't trust this collection of people at all. There's something shifty going on. Moreover, he thought they were not a very distinguished-looking group. Exactly. However, they used some sweet talk and offered him the egg that the hen had laid along the way, and told him that he could also keep the duck, who laid an egg a day. So not only have they made this duck their manual laborer, but now they're literally selling him into slavery to this innkeeper. The duck is getting a shit deal from this whole situation. He was just defending his nut hill. Then a rooster attacks him and forces him to become an ox, and now he's getting sold to an innkeeper. Man, rough day. Started off as a nut farmer on a hill, probably had a nice view. Now he's looking at indentured servitude at an inn. Now they ordered some good hot food and had a merry time of it. Early the next morning, as the sun was rising and everyone was asleep, the rooster woke the hen, fetched the egg, pecked it open, and together they devoured it. What? The duck's egg or theirs? Also, there's food at the inn. Why are they eating this egg? This is terrible. After throwing the shells on the hearth, they went to the needle, who was still asleep, grabbed him by the head, and stuck him into the innkeeper's easy chair. Okay, then they stuck the pin into the innkeeper's towel. Finally, without much ado... They flew away over the heath. Can't chickens not fly? And what, are the pin and the needle just so drunk from the night before they're still passed out? So they're just letting all of this happen? (sighs) Who knows? We continue. The duck, who liked to sleep in the open air and had spent the night in the yard, heard the flapping of their wings. So she roused herself, 
found a brook, and swam away. Good thinking, duck. Get the hell out of there. Should have just escaped in the night. But this is the next best thing. I am glad the duck is making its escape. That went much faster than being harnessed to a carriage. Down the brook. Yeah, okay. Good for you, duck. Ducks can fly. Why doesn't the duck just fly? What's going on here? I don't think any of these are zoologically accurate. Anyway, we continue. A few hours later, the innkeeper got out of bed, washed himself, and took the towel to dry himself. However, the pin scratched his face, leaving a red mark from ear to ear. Dick move. Then he went into the kitchen and wanted to light his pipe. But as he leaned over the hearth, the eggshells popped his eyes. Everything's attacking my head this morning, he said, and went to sit down in his easy chair to settle his bad mood. But he jumped up immediately and screamed, Ow! The needle had stuck him worse than the pin and not in the head. If you know what they're saying. It's in his butt. Now he was completely angry and suspected the guests who had arrived so late the night before. But when he went looking for them, they were gone. Then he swore he would never again let Riff Raff stay at his inn. Especially when they eat so much, pay nothing, and play mean tricks on top of it all. The end. These always seem to end in a very jarring and unsatisfying way. Would have expected maybe some type of vengeance. These folktales love a good vengeance story. But no, he's just vows never again to let Riff Raff stay at his inn. Quote, especially when they eat so much, pay nothing, and play mean tricks on top of it all. Well, don't give them food if they're not paying. Don't let them stay if they're not paying. If payment is made in ducks, keep the duck inside. There are many solutions to this, and the innkeeper doesn't seem aware of any of them. All right, let's break this down. Not much to break down. Start off with a rooster and a hen who say, the nuts are ripe. Let's go up the hill for once and eat our fill. So they go have a lovely day together up on the nut hill. And then it says, now I don't know whether it was because they had stuffed themselves too much. This is the first time we're really getting a narrator speaking. Quote, I don't know whether it was. Um, but the narrator voice is never used again. A little inconsistent. But again, old folktale. We will let that slide as we let everything slide, because history follows no rules. So the rooster builds a carriage made out of nuts because he doesn't want to walk back on foot, or he was just in a tinkering mood. However, when the hen suggests that he harness himself up to actually pull it, he becomes enraged and insulted by this, and refuses in kind of a dickish way. I don't know how he was expecting this carriage to get down the hill otherwise. They could just ride it down the hill. From there, who knows. But there clearly wasn't really a plan on what was going to happen once this carriage was built. They're arguing up there, and this draws the attention of the duck whose nuthill this is. He is very reasonably infuriated by this, and goes to attack the rooster and drive them away. But, unfortunately, the rooster is so violent and aggressive and dug his spurs into her, the, du the duck, 
to the point that the duck begs for mercy and willingly lets herself be harnessed to the carriage as punishment, which is just a sad situation all around. So this rooster steals from the duck and then makes the duck its servant to carry them in a carriage. One of the most humiliating ways you could indenture someone, really. And so they set off at a gallop, and the rooster says, duck, run as fast as you can, because the rooster needs to pile on, being even more of an asshole. And then they pick up a drunk pin and needle, who are getting back from the tailor's tavern after a night on the town, and apparently don't want to walk on the dirty road. It's a weird little detail. They say, we can't go a step further when it's dark. No real reason. Also, the road is gross. Not a very good reason. Also, we're late. What are they late for? They just end up going to an inn. Don't know what they're late for. Anyway, lots of terrible reasons. If anyone is out there driving and a hitchhiker gives you any of these reasons, it'll soon be dark, the road is dirty, I'm late, even though I'm not going anywhere. All suspicious reasons. But the rooster and the hen say, fine, you guys are small, come on in, but don't step on our feet and we won't have any problems. So then they get to the inn and the innkeeper is not a fan. Quote, they are not a very distinguished looking group, which is a massive understatement. One of them is a slave. Then there's two drunk, sentient tailor's supplies. And then just an asshole rooster and hen. Yeah, not a good group. Not a good group to get involved with. The innkeeper's instinct were correct. But for whatever reason, he lets them stay because they offer to give him the duck, who is exhausted. But they say, no, the duck lays an egg a day. She's fine. Just just keep her. And I guess the duck is never consulted or has nothing, no say on the, on the matter. And so they eat a bunch of hot food and had a merry time of it. Quote, Next morning, the rooster and hen just go insane. They fetch an egg. We don't know whose egg this is. Presumably, it's the hen's egg, because they said that the hen laid an egg the night before. They take the hen's own egg, peck it open, and then together devour it. Which is horrifying. Don't need to elaborate on why that's horrifying. Then they throw the shells of it into the hearth, and then they grab the needle, stick it into the innkeeper's easy chair, and then they grab the pin and stick that into the innkeeper's towel. It's just asshole moves. They, apparently they didn't pay for the food, and now they're just causing trouble and playing really violent, hurtful pranks on this innkeeper who let them stay there. Yeah, these these this rooster and hen are definitely quote-unquote riffraff. But anyway, after planting these pranks, they fly away. Again, unsure of how that works because I didn't think chickens could fly. The duck, who can fly, does not do so, but just goes into the brook and swims away. After she sees the chickens fly away, she's like, all right, thankfully, no one's going to hold me to this. She was terrified of the rooster, but now that the rooster's gone, she's going to get out of there, presumably go back to her nut hill and tell her family where she was all night and the horrifying ordeal that she was subjected to. Then the innkeeper gets up, all of this horrible stuff happens to him, pin scratches his face, the eggshells popped into his eyes. Sounds terrible. 
and then sits in the easy chair, and then boom, Needle sticks him there as well. And that's when he vows never again to let Riff Raff stay in his inn. Especially when they take his food, don't pay him at all, and then play mean tricks on him. Yeah, those are three pretty terrible things to happen. So, the lessons. What are the lessons? So the lesson seems to be, don't let Riff Raff take advantage of you, but it doesn't really give any indication on how to avoid letting Riff Raff take advantage of you, or how to spot potential Riff Raff. I mean, if you see a violent-looking rooster with a hen and a slave duck on a nut carriage and a drunk pin and needle, yeah, don't get involved. Stay away from that group. That goes without saying. This one is kind of hard to decipher. Because it's essentially just this rooster and hen wreaking havoc across the countryside. I think the real lesson here is more about preventing this type of thing from happening as opposed to dealing with the situation when it comes. If the duck had some type of security or fencing, again, I don't think chickens can really fly. So if there's a fence, they can't get into this nut hill. Problem solved. This innkeeper, have people pay up front. That's how hotels work. Have them pay up front. And also, how are they getting access to your towel and easy chair, keep your own stuff locked behind your own door. This is clearly his private quarters if they're getting access to his towel. And they're chickens, not necessarily the quietest, most stealthy animal. Just lock your doors. So I think that is the true lesson of this story. Take preventative measures to protect yourself from being taken advantage of, from having things stolen from you. Think ahead. Plan ahead. Protect yourself. Because once the riffraff is in... It's already too late. And that is the lesson of Riff Raff. Plan ahead. Protect yourself. All right. Let's adapt this. So, it's going to be live action. It's going to be real people not dealing with roosters and hens and all that nonsense. So, in the role of the rooster, we will have Danny McBride. Because he would be funny as well as a believable asshole. Eastbound and down, this is the end. He would be a phenomenal rooster. He's good at being a prick, but he's somehow still funny and fun to watch. The hen, Melissa McCarthy. I love Melissa McCarthy. She's funny in everything. She's fantastic in everything. I also think her and Danny McBride tearing apart the countryside would be phenomenal to watch. That act one is just is going to be hilarious. So, I think it's going to be kind of an old-timey setting. I like sort of that, kind of a medieval setting. And they go up this hill into an orchard and spend the day in the orchard. And at the end of the day, they don't want to walk back, so they make a little cart. A little cart out of wood. And that is when the duck shows up. And so the duck will be played. Rebel Wilson. She'd be hilarious as the duck. So she comes charging up. What the hell are you doing in my orchard? Why are you stealing all my my apples and my oranges? Get out of here. She gets into a fight with them. I think it's better if Melissa McCarthy and her fight. I just don't want to see Danny McBride at her fight. Or just they just kind of overpower her. I don't know what's going on. But anyway, they make her pull the cart. Let's not have her pull the cart. Let's make it like there's a bike on the front of the cart. 
like a pedicab sort of situation. So then she's cycling. That's better. It makes me too sad to imagine someone pulling a cart. It just sounds terrible. So then we've got Rebel Wilson riding the bike, pulling the pedicab, and then it's starting to get dark. And on the way, they come across John Mulaney and Nick Kroll, drunk, stumbling down the side of the road to Taylor's, getting back from the Taylor's Tavern. Except the road is dirty, and they're complaining about the road being dirty, and they're complaining about it getting dark soon. They're both super drunk. They're saying they're late, but they don't really have a good reason to why they're late or what they're late for. I could see them being phenomenal in that role. And so they finally, they convince Danny McBride and Melissa McCarthy to let them ride along with them, much to Rebel Wilson's dismay. And so then the night goes on and they eventually arrive at the inn, which is run by the innkeeper, Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman would be a fantastic innkeeper, definitely has the whole vibe of no-nonsense man out in the middle of the woods running an inn. And so they managed to convince him to let them stay there, offering Rebel Wilson as like a new lady to work at the inn, tavern wench, or something like this. Nick Offerman begrudgingly accepts this and says, fine, whatever, you can stay, just please leave in the morning. I don't like the look of this at all. You're all pretty shifty. Just just, just stay and please leave when the, when the morning comes. Also, it would be nice if you paid. So then in the middle of the night, when Nick Kroll and John Mulaney are passed out drunk, Danny McBride picks up Nick Kroll and puts him in the hamper so that in the morning when Nick Offerman throws his towel in there, Nick Kroll wakes up and freaks out and jumps at him. And then he leaves John Mulaney, say, under a blanket on his couch. John Mulaney is a very slight, slender man. So maybe Nick Kroll sits down because there's a bunch of pillows and stuff and doesn't realize he's sitting on him. And then so John Mulaney freaks out. And it again surprises Nick Offerman. And as a, in place of the eggshells, Danny McBride leaves like a firecracker, some type of firework hidden in the, the, uh, the hearth in the fire. And so when Nick Offerman wakes up and lights it in the morning, it goes off and pops him and scares him. And so Danny McBride and Melissa McCarthy leave all of these things, and then they take off, they just leave, they go. This also reminds me, actually, if in the initial story the chickens just flew back home after their night in the inn, why couldn't they just fly back home the night before, the day before, after they had their fun times on the nut hill? Why do they need a carriage made out of nuts? Why couldn't they have just flown away then? Anyway, what's done is done. Now... We're in the morning, and Melissa McCarthy and Danny McBride just take off. They're done with all of this. You know what? What they do is they take the cart that they made the night before, throw it in the river, and then they just start riding it down the river to get back home. Cackling all the way, having a grand old time. Rebel Wilson hears this happen and wakes up, and then she bonds with Nick Offerman because they have both been victimized by this terrible couple and so then Nick Offerman and Rebel Wilson and John Mulaney and Nick Kroll track down Danny McBride and Melissa McCarthy to their riffraffy hut, wherever they live, their cabin out in the middle of nowhere. And they take some sort of slapsticky revenge 
just to send a message so that they never mess with them again. And then Nick Offerman and Rebel Wilson hit it off and combine their innkeeping business and Rebel Wilson's orchard and create a wonderful business partnership or romance or, or whatever. It could be either one. And John Mulaney and Nick Kroll just go back to being boisterous, rowdy tailors having a good time in town. The end. Yeah, you know what? I think this is a movie. This is a full movie, and I would watch the shit out of this movie. Fantastic movie. I love it. Let's film it. Make it happen. Tweet at all of the actors that I just mentioned and tell them to make this movie. And that will do it for this week's episode of the Shadow Bear Story Sessions. Thank you so much for listening. I'd like to hear your own adaptation ideas on Twitter or Instagram. You can say hi over at ShadowBearStorySessions.com. You can donate, give me some feedback or suggestions. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. That stuff really helps us out. Come on back next week for the next story of Grimm's Fairy Tales titled Little Brother and Little Sister. A very vague title, but I'm sure it will be a chaotic mess. And I'll be here taking you through all the twists and turns. My name is Zach Stewart, and thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Shadow Bear Story Sessions. See you next week. <laughs>